Hi, everyone. Uh, this is a podcast about all things modern wellness and well-being. And today, Adam is here with me. He is a meditation coach and teacher, and he employs a number of different methods to kind of get into different kinds of meditations and learn about yourself and your surroundings. So thank you so much for being here. How are you doing, Adam? I'm the best I've ever been. Thank you so much for inviting me, Anna, and really excited to be here. You're doing such a great job with this series. And from the episodes that I've watched and, and all the people that you've invited, like it's just, it's just so, I'm so honored to be a part of, of what you're doing here. And I just really appreciate you. Thank you so much. That's awesome to hear. Thank you as well. So um, as you mentioned earlier in our conversation, um, later in the podcast, you'll walk us through some of the methods that you use. But before you get into the more like how to technical things, um, I'd love to hear about your journey into the work sure. you currently do. Yeah, I think that's going to be the part of the fun is we'll actually do some of these things during the podcast. So uh, for those of you watching, um, you know, this uh, sit tight, we'll get to that stuff. And um, my story, um, you know, there's a couple of versions of it. I'll go with the one that is the least traumatic to repeat. <laughs> and, uh, and I think a lot of us find healing paths through um, healing of traumas and healing of childhood um, issues. And, and for me, uh, it was asthma that um, kept me from engaging on the playground the way most kids would. And, you know, I don't know if it's just because it's a stereotype and like I was, you know, born into a, a little Jewish boy's body in this lifetime that they gave me an inhaler was like part of the outfit, you know, like the little puffer. So, um, you know, it got to a point where I was using that thing like every single day, first thing in the morning, last thing before bed, and then like sometimes in between. And um, what you get when you've been abusing albuterol and the other chemicals that are in there is what's called uh, bromide poisoning. And so it, it forms what's called cherry angiomas. So I have like, you probably can't see it on the camera, but like there's a red dot on my, on my arm. And I've got a couple of red dots and those are um, the bromide poisoning coming to the surface from me having done so much um, uh, movement meditation, whether it be yoga, uh, Tai Chi, or, or my favorite, which is Qigong, um, it actually, it starts to detoxify the body, detoxify the lungs. And so what happened with me is that actually, I was running a very successful web design agency, and I still am. But at the time, um, my health was really on a decline. I mean, you know, being in this position, you know, for so many hours, right, and staring at the screen, like, that was starting to really affect, you know, my posture, my breathing was even worsened by the career that I had chosen. And so I wasn't even looking for help. Honestly, I, I didn't even know there was help. Um, but, but somebody found me, a guy by the name of Justin Blue, and he was the first person to teach me breathing meditations, Qigong movements, um, the eight brocades of silk, the six healing sounds, and, and these various techniques. And within six months um, of working with me actually over Skype at the time, uh, this was a, over a decade ago, um, he lives in Niagara Falls, and over Skype, he was able to train me, and within six months, my asthma was gone. And within two years, my allergies were gone, seasonal allergies were gone, um, migraines, uh, you know, de depression evaporated, and I was able to to find this healing path. And and like I said, he found me. 
You know, it's, I was, I, I was blessed. Um, and, and in counting that blessing and recognizing that, that, that showed up in my life without me even looking for it. Um, that's one of the reasons why I come on podcasts like this is because people might not even know what they're looking for or know that there's help out there. For me, I had just, you know, I had just accepted my fate. You know, they handed me the inhaler. They said, you've got asthma. Good luck with that. When, when in truth, it, this could have been taken care of 20 years prior. If anybody in my community and bless their hearts, my family, you know, my, my community, they just didn't know and they didn't have any access. So, um, part of my life's purpose I have found is in sharing this legacy that is handed down from one person to another. You can't read this in a book. I mean, you can, but you can't really experience the full, um, the full download. It's a full body download of this, uh, what I call an ancient future technology. It's like, it's a part of being a human being. And it, and it really um, comes down to hygiene that, um, and I have this definition. It says that uh, hygiene is conditions or practices conducive to maintaining health and preventing disease, especially through cleanliness. And so meditation for me is a, an act of mental and spiritual hygiene that I had not been cleaning my lungs. I had not been cleaning my sinuses. I had not been cleaning uh, internally my organs of and, and that this is actually a natural biological thing that is, it's like, and, and I just, it just clicked. I was like, brushing your teeth. It's like, at the end of the day, if you haven't brushed your teeth all day, does it not feel like Cosby sweaters on your teeth? Like, it feels like, like Kooji, like all fuzzies, you know, and then you brush your teeth. You're like, ah, that feels so refreshing. It's, it's no different. Like meditation is hygiene. And, and clearing out the cobwebs and, and the, letting the dust settle. And then it just feels so refreshed and, and so rejuvenated. So um, I guess that's the best version. I think the, the most positive version of my journey story, how I found, how this found me and, and what I'm doing it with, with it now, you know? Um, yeah, that's a great perspective that you bring to just any kind of wellness practice. It's not just like, you know, you have some time, so you just meditate or you run or you just do some things because like you feel like it one day, but if it's really part of like approach more like we approach daily hygiene, I think it makes so much sense. Um, yeah. And yeah, you certainly condensed a lot of information. <laughs> so that was really great. Thank you uh, for kind of you know, creating an overview. Yeah, I didn't want my life story to be the whole podcast. Yeah, that could be another. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone's life stories. Yeah. Um, so one other thing I'd love to know about is some practices that you really love that you practice uh, for yourself. Well, as I was saying, Qigong is my favorite. And so people ask, what's the difference between Qigong and Tai Chi? And Tai Chi is like the most exquisite healing art that we have on this planet. There are, there are forms of yoga that are also just magnificent. And 
Um, and similarly, movement meditation, any type of choreo movement choreography can induce a meditative experience. And so the, the choreography themselves are medicinal in nature. And Tai Chi, as I was saying, is, is this, it's very majestic, it's very dance-like. But unless you understand the fundamentals behind it, what you're moving and why, then then doing something like this, right, doesn't, it's just, it's, it's, it's empty, right? It'll work, it'll work. And, but it's the, it's the difference between like a glass of wine and the whole bottle, right? You know what you're getting when you're getting it. So, um, so Chiga, so Tai Chi, I, I love, and, and my favorite teacher, um, you might know from our community, uh, Jan Lucanus from, um, he was the, the U.S., the captain of the U.S. Uh, championship Tai Chi push hands team. And so he was the one who actually really taught me uh, Tai Chi most recently in, in the in the best way, it really helped me understand dynamics between myself and other people. I think a lot of meditation uh, tends to be very self-focused. And and so um, so I've got a, a penchant for uh, for the the very majestic art forms. And um, so with Qigong, it's there there's an awareness of of moving energy connecting with the breath but also letting go of the need to control anything and and one of my teachers had explained that it's like we're trying to return to the baby state we're trying to become our original design before any of the imprints and and conditionings and programmings and control mechanisms and that then give rise to um, distortions and limiting beliefs and, and all those things that we talk about in, in the healing arts and psychotherapy and stuff like that, which is that um, as a baby, by, by definition of being, everything is provided naturally without any hesitation. It, the, the child must receive the fundamentals, air and water, but it also must receive love. And their studies have shown that a child uh, an infant without love won't make it. And so it's part of the design. Love must be provided. And so recognizing that extrapolated into adult life, money and and everything else is no different than what is naturally fundamentally your birthright, that you come into this world and everything is provided by design, by by a natural state of being, by you just existing, that all of this is due you, and that it comes naturally, and that and that anything else is just in the way. And so Qigong is the clearing of the pathways, biochemically, mostly in the lymphatic system. And so when we imagine our, you know, skeleton, and then the blue branching lines are the veins and the red branching lines are the arteries. And now if you imagine a yellow branching system on top of that, and if you can even feel like in your armpits or like up here, there'll be, you know, like goose eggs, there'll be, you know, blockages people that we just tend to get. And that's because the, the lymph, which is the sewage of the body, it, it's, it's mucus based and there's three times more of it than there is blood. So if the heart's pumping the blood, 
what's pumping the lymph? And the answer is your diaphragm, mostly. And so that's why swimming, running, um, yoga, dancing, and singing should be like the only things that we focus on at the beginning of the day and at the end of the day. Like we should get up and like run to each other singing <laughs> because, <laughs> because the diaphragm needs to move to pump the lymph. It's biologically necessary to move the mucus, to move the sewage of the body into the digestive organs so that what the digestive organs do naturally is eliminate waste and synthesize and absorb nutrients into the body. And unless that whole system is moving and it's a reverse pumping action. So anybody, if you've ever seen any healers at work and they're doing like, that's because they're moving, they're pushing, and, and we call this muscle tendon change. They're pushing the, the lymph out of the extremities. We're, we're moving that stuff, the debris, the blood is moving and it's leaving deposits. The, the, the thoughts we think, the, the neural peptides that are created in the brain go th holds the, the chemical frequency of the, of the emotion that we're feeling and, and then it gets deposited into the body and it, it gets stuck in the fat cells. And so movement is, is fundamental and, and it can be so much, I don't know if you've ever done five rhythms, it's like a great gateway into, into like free form movement and before you do structured dance, like you know, so this is like Qigong is all these things. It's, it's, you know, my, my favorite, my favorite one, I had a, a teacher and he said, he said, watch my Qigong. He goes, oh, freak out. <laughs> da, 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 da. And it's like that kind of like, like giggling baby, like carefree, like getting to that place again. And it's, and it like opens the floodgates. There's, you know, so there's the law of attraction. There's the law of growth and contribution. There's the law of balance and harmony. There's a there's a few of other ones that go go with the the secret, you know, and and those things turn on. They're always on, but they get when you clear the pathways, all of that stuff just starts to show up, and you you know, like it becomes this this excite. It's a game. It becomes very gamified and very playful. Like oh, everything is awesome. Like everything is working for me. People just show up like, have you, I mean, and then, so then this becomes the science of synchronicity. And that's really, that's really my focus when I'm teaching and what I'm trying to help people achieve as a, as a, as if there, if there were a destiny, I, I call it a milestone, the milestone on the journey, one thing that you'll get to this you'll get to this village we call seren uh, serendipity where things just start to fire. You're like, wow, how can't, it's just unexplainable and it's magical. And um, so you can see, uh, I'll, let me field a different question because you can see I'll go, I'll go on and on. <laughs> of course. I'll definitely ask a little more about that later. Um, and if you want to show us anything later as well, I'm happy to participate in that. Cool. Um, so you do talk about brain science as well as just like basic biology. I wanted to know if you wanted to bring any of that into the conversation as well. Um, sure. That seemed to be a really great kind of a gateway or path to kind of connect the, the meditation types you teach and to have 
um, most people kind of understand why it's important. You know, when you say meditate, you think why? And I mean, there are many reasons, any reason you can think of could be your reason. And you've ta definitely yeah. talked about some of those as well. Um, I think if you uh, want to bring up anything around the brain science and the biology, um, that sure. would be really interesting. Sure. So the conversational nature of our interaction here is existing in a brainwave frequency known as beta. And I could demonstrate high beta. It's like, you know, and I do this in my videos. It's like, uh, I woke up. I'm like, I missed the bus. I'm like, oh, shit, I got to call the Uber. It says it's going to nine minutes away. Do I call and tell them I'm stuck in traffic? They're going to know I'm lying. Like, if you need to calm down or if you're with somebody and you're like, you need to calm down, then they're in a high beta. And that, that, that panicky frenzy state is really bad for the heart. And it's really bad for the other organs as well. But we know, and we're, you know, like when you have to like calm somebody down, or like if you have to shake them, <laughs> like we used to slap people, right? And we, you know, thankfully we don't do it like that anymore. But that, that high, high beta, right? In order to get out of that into what we've got now is you just bring the shoulders up to the ears. So we can do this, this together. You just inhale the shoulders up to the ears. And the more that you commit, to the ah, like a fresh glass of lemonade, the more that you'll calm down, you'll feel it, right? Ah. Right. And so you unhook from that, that toxic emotion. Um, because who, who is really effective in that mode, right? Like, what can you, and that's, that's why we would slap people, get your, you know, stuff together. So the next brainwave frequency as you're lowering the, the free, so frequency being the, the amount of times per interval, right? So fr how frequent, right? And so in an interval, if you're lowering from, you know, five to four to one, right? So alpha is your single focus. Beta is your multi-focus. Alpha is your single focus. And we get into this naturally, you know, anytime somebody comes up and, and you're like, I can't talk right now. You know, then, you know, if you're working in the garden or if you're trying to compose a, an email, like if you've ever been trying to write something like really specific and somebody tries to get yours, you know, ah, right, like because you're in alpha and, and that's your single focus mode. So for people that are dealing with procrastination or if they're having trouble getting, you know, they're overwhelmed, they got a mountain of things, the easiest way to handle it is actually to just trigger the appropriate brainwave state that is responsible for being able to tackle a single focus job. And so that we'll do that. Let's do that together right now. So the, 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 the alpha meditation, the, the meditation for alpha is known as square breathing. And if you look up square breathing on Google, you'll see it's meditation for children. So it's beginner's meditation. And it's, it's very simple. It's inhale, hold, exhale, hold. And so what you're going to do is just look around the room. And you're looking for a very bright color, whatever is not a light source, but just actually a solid color. And I've got mine. So I'm going to look at that color and get a good mental picture of the, the, the quality of that color. And then just dim your eyelids and breathe into my count. Two, three, four, and hold. Two, three, four, breathe out. Two, three and hold two, 
three, four. Breathe in, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe out, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe in, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe out, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe in, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe out, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe in, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe out, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe in, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe out, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe in, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe out, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe in, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe out, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four. Breathe in, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four, breathe out, two, three, four, and hold, two, three, four, last time, two, three, four, and hold, two, Okay. So come on back mm -hmm. and take a look at that color mm -hmm. and see if there's anything you notice about it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I do feel more focused. Yeah. Um, but the color didn't change. I imagine some people see brighter or something like that. Yeah, that's generally the answer, but not always. And that's okay. Um, so one of my thing, the things, one of my teachers says, notice what you notice or noticing nothing at all. It's okay. But mm -hmm. how long did it feel like we were just doing that for? Um, minutes, maybe like three minutes. Yeah. Yeah, because in hold out hold at four seconds a piece that was 160 seconds so you know it's only about you know two and a half minutes mm -hmm. right 120 is like less than two and a half minutes but it felt three maybe even longer mm -hmm. um, because meditation is not something that takes time a lot of people they say they say when am i going to find time to meditate and i explain meditation doesn't take time it gives you time and so as we begin to expand, and this is where mindfulness begins, is noticing what's going on externally, what's going on internally, what's going on on the surface. 
we start to get a more vivid and that's why the color is generally people say it's either brighter or they'll say it's dimmer or they'll say it's fuzzier or they'll say it's sharper it's something different about it because the brainwave has shifted and therefore the perspective of the mind receiving data in the senses is going to be different so something's going to be a little different now you go and take that focus and apply it to a task it's going to get done a lot better because the because the wavelength is longer meaning there's more time in the second in the minute there's more in there there's more available because it's not moving so fast physically the, the, is it's that never, like the state of relaxation like when you're feeling relaxed and your body is like doesn't hold on to tension you it's like time does move a little differently based on yeah. how you're holding the tension or not right exactly exactly yeah yeah think about a surgeon can't be jumpy no right? of course not so, um <laughs> And, and so they have, and so pilots, you know, surgeons, they all have techniques that technically we would call meditation. Um, so um, for anybody watching the podcast in that experience, I mean, now we're back in beta, but there was definitely a difference. So just noticing the difference, like at the moment, and it didn't take long to get into two and a half minutes. And, and you actually, I could tell by like two, three, the length of my ooh, I can tell how relaxed you are because I can see it when I'm watching the clock, like right now, three, four, five, six was much different from three, four, five. And it's already like, you know, you were getting two seconds out of every second mm, in, in, in your, so like while watching the clock is really fun, especially if it's a manual clock and you can see the the second hand will hang. It's really, it's really bizarre kind of, it's like, you know, but you, you have to be leading it to notice, but the second hand will hang. Sometimes when people drop in really deeply into the meditation, the second hand will just stick and you'll be like four, like, <laughs> and, and like what, and then it'll it's like, wow, like that was a long second. <laughs> you know, so it's just, it's kind of bizarre that way. Yeah, that's a really interesting um, and like very tangible way to talk about time. And I think the concept of time definitely is connected with, you know, practicing different kinds of meditations and different kinds of, for example, breath work, stuff like that. Um, I'm wondering, you were talking about learning both like techniques around breath work um, and Tai Chi and Qigong and stuff. Um, what was it, um, in like breath work versus Qigong that you kind of related more? Um, cause apparently like, I, I would say breath work is very important and you teach that as well. Do you just integrate that into Qigong? Cause it has more of the movements. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess what it is, is like, the first level is harmonizing the breath. Once, once the movement, the natural movement, it's so like I look at it, and this is actually another teacher that I met um, uh, named Chris Chen, who teaches a Korean, he's an acupuncturist that teaches a Korean style of, of Qigong, which is um, 
and it's it's very rigorous. I mean, he I, I was really sweating in this one. So he he's a really good teacher, and the style he teaches is really like it's very it's very um, it it builds a lot of strength internally. It's really good for for getting the the key or the chi. You know, people pronounce it different. It doesn't matter. The point is, it's life force energy, and in yoga, it's prana. Um, in in the Bible, it's manna from heaven. It's the it's that and, and in leadership, in landmark, and things like this. And Tony Robbins, it's it's inspirational energy. It's that that fountain of youth, that wellspring of like, you know. And we all know what that's like when you're inspired. You're just unstoppable, right? Um, that that is something that's actually it's an electromagnetic field. And so, scientifically speaking, it's an electromagnetic field that we generate. And so, the first um, process is in the lungs. And, and there's actually, so there, there's a third, component. This, this is what Chris Chen taught me is that there's a third component most people are missing, which is that it fills and it empties, but it also needs to be cleaned. And this is, this is that if you notice that like this chamber, the lungs fills, empties, the heart fills, empties, these things happen without, like the heart does it. You don't have to pay attention. The lungs, you can choose to pay attention. The bladder, however, you have to pay attention. It, it fills and it empties. It, there's, a, there's a cleaning component to it, and, and there's different teas you can drink and these things. But like most people don't consider cleaning their bladder. But the, but the next chamber down, right, like the other, the other number, right, like you have to clean that. You can't just pull your pants up and go on your way. You have to clean that. So it fills, it empties, and it needs cleaning. Well, actually the bladder, actually the heart, actually the lungs need cleaning as well, as does everything. They're all, and this is what Chris said, it's a series of tubes that fill and empty on schedule. And when that schedule is off kilter, the balance and harmony of the body is thrown off. So there's a, there's a three-part process, filling, emptying, cleaning, filling, emptying, cleaning. And so this is where in the breath, inhale, exhale, and and this will so let's do another technique and and this will help to you'll have this experience so that what I'm about to say will make sense. So um, when people are ready to begin meditation, what I like to call real meditation is unguided, where it's uh, or self-guided. There's no audio. There's no music. There's no. Um, guided visualization or affirmation or contemplation there's no um psychotherapy or hypnosis going on in the process those are incredible i use them myself they're incredible techniques they're incredible practices they're a fantastic bridge to get somebody to the meditative state when you're ready to do self-guided the one of the first ways that we start and this is actually, I think, in prayer, a lot of people got that get this in prayer is with they'll count the rosary and they'll say a prayer. So that's, I think, where most people experience this is actually something that we all uh, most people actually do. Um, a lot of people will get it through running or biking, like a lot of people get it on the other side of exhaustion. Um, this, you know, Shavasana after yoga, a lot of people get it on the other side of exhaustion. But um but it's easy to induce like we did with the focus with the square breathing in just a couple of minutes. So what we're going to do now is just inhaling through the nose into the belly and then exhaling from the belly out through the nose. 
We call this riding the breath. Like it's on a string, like a pearl on a string, just bringing it in and letting it back out. And if you count your breaths on your own pace, do 12 in a row. And I'll see you in a few breaths, okay? Let's do 12. Okay. All right. Welcome back. Mm -hmm. So that took even less time than the square breathing. Only about a minute, maybe a minute and a half. And you can kind of feel, right? You're in a different space just by consciously taking 12 breaths. Yeah. Um, this space, though, I wasn't really taking like super slow breaths. I was just taking really deep breaths. Mm -hmm. So it was like super energizing. Like I was that's great. Running, yeah. <laughs> running or trying to like, you know, breathe while moving fast is something like that. Did you notice any particular thoughts coming up while you were breathing? Um, just that my sensations in the body were changing. Like I started to feel lightheaded and dizzy. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to close my eyes. <laughs> I can't keep doing that. Um, yeah. um, because I was breathing uh, fast, um, my heart started beating fast. Right. Yeah. And so you, you noticed things and your mind had a thought and it alerted you to what was occurring. And mm -hmm. you know, for a lot of people, in initially, and I know you meditate, so it's like you're a little bit further along than than generally an intro class. But what I've noticed is that I'll get feedback. I'll say, did you make it to 12? And most people will say no, that they were distracted by their own thoughts and they didn't even get to 12. And so if, if a person can't count to 12 without being distracted, I call this the priority list. These are the top things that are at the top of the priority list that need your attention. And if you don't pay attention to them, they get louder and louder and louder until they be kind, especially if they're things you can't do anything about or not yet. This is where a lot of people develop anxieties and nervous habits and things like that. So I tell, you know, so I instruct people just count to 12. And if you lose count, start over from one. You know, a lot of people try to fib. They're like, 
they're like, oh, I think I was at four. And they just continue from four. Well, think about how that shows up in your life if you can't even be honest with yourself about what number you're counting to. And so 12 breaths will take about a minute or two. That's a good check-in to see like where you're at. You personally in this moment felt energized and, and felt maybe even a little lightheaded. So like just, just in consciously paying attention to yourself, it, it threw off your rhythm into a little bit of like a, a disorientation. Right. right. But with a little bit of practice and, a, you know, it's like anything going to the gym. Like at first there's going to be soreness and a, and a kind of, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like this. Right. But then once you acclimate to it, um, that's what our bodies and our minds do. We ask, so if you, if you live in Florida and then you suddenly visit Colorado, like you're going to be freezing. But if you were to move there in six months, you'll be shoveling snow in your, in your shorts and then go back home to visit Florida. And you're like, dying because it's so hot because we acclimate so giving enough time this is what and this is what's so important is is behavior shifts and and training to do new um to do new behaviors new rituals takes time and it takes getting used to and then once you get over the hump of the resistance um to to yourself becoming and changing and, and integrating into a new identity then you know it be, it becomes something that you can drop into that state you'll take this breath and it'll be like the longest deepest breath ever and 12 breaths can take 5 minutes um but generally speaking 12 breaths is about a minute 2 minutes Thir you know multiplied by 3 36 breaths is about 5 minutes and then uh multiplied by 3 again 108 breaths is about a good 15 minute practice. So I tell people just start there. Like you don't need to, you know, to be guided into that. It, it actually is something that when you, when you do, you'll start to, and then we can work on further, you know, how to handle the thoughts that are coming up and what they represent and what the best. And these are the faculties of meditation. There's, there's so many different techniques and abilities that, that, um, that are derived in, in the practice, but they ultimately end up in more self-awareness, more self-reflection, more self-esteem, and then therefore more self-love, and then more fully authentic identity, and then therefore showing up in the world as the best possible self. And then as a result, extreme behavior shifts for the positive, where, and that's where people start, you know, performing better in all areas of their life because they're showing up truly um with that with that inspirational energy that that mana that prana that that chi that they fill themselves up that's not something you can go and buy at the store it's not like a red bull it's you yeah, you keep it's like you and and then at the end of the day this is an electric it's an electromagnetic frequency that the body is generating that actually is um, the the fundamental nature of of what we're made up of. There's polarity that we're we're electromagnetic beings, and so um, you know maybe we should do like one maybe one more question, and then we'll do the the final practice, which you'll actually feel this this electromagnetic um, magnetism. Sure. Um, so 
I started to think about something while we were talking um, and it's this concept of noticing. And I feel like meditation is kind of the art and science of noticing. Mm -hmm. um, and I spent a lot of my time in my life noticing that just was always interesting to me and observing. And I was wondering, how is this concept of noticing showing up in the culture that we live in now? How do you see it shifting? Because um, I can't quite yeah. tell like why it's not important to more people, right? Because uh, I, okay. for me, it's so important. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was just wondering what your perspective is on that. Ooh, good question. Well, some other people do seem to have a complete lack of self-awareness right? and they don't notice um, and they're not responsible in their, in their behavior. Um, understanding that, the you know, the fundamentals of duality, cause and effect, contrast, right? And that uh, one of my mentors, Peter Sage, says, you know, with with contrast and context, it's like, what's more important, the words that are written on the page or the page that holds them? If it weren't for the whiteness of the page holding the letters, you wouldn't be able to see them. But then the context within those letters makes all the difference because how they're arranged changes how you perceive them and how you feel about them. So all of that is, nothing is more or less than another. It's a harmony, a harmony and a balance that is integral. That's what creates integrity. And so without one, you can't have the other. So nothing is more or less than another. It's their, their self um, sustaining. And, and so when you personally when when an individual personally goes and seeks out more awareness and more techniques for mindfulness and and things then the contrast frame widens and the polarity gets stronger and so you'll notice how much more out of out of focus they other people might be to you being in more focus and so right and so it it actually by Right. It's like it's funny because you go seeking it out and then you'll see more of what what it's not in other people because because of that that focus. And that's what's really cool about our our faculty of kind of riding the fractal, like the the wave that we choose to to see opens up and we get more of, you know, uh, uh, and so like the, the fractal, the Mandelbrot, like they discovered if they measured in meter in in yardsticks the the exterior of great britain yardstick by yardstick it was a particular length right but then if they used a foot long ruler that length was exponentially larger and then if you measured it by inches it's exponentially larger it's like how is that possible well there's more nooks and crannies when you when you shorten the measurement and so and so mindfulness right this is why I said meditation doesn't take time. It gives you time because you're getting more out of your measurement. You're, you're getting, you're, you're seeing more in there. And, and I think what's happening in, in our culture is that people's filters are, are becoming very 
very bold in their in that what gets through and what doesn't get through and so and so adaptability resilience and um a level the level of comfort that one has with change is is crucial to um to be able to have this this kind of internal exploration because um if if everything's being filled i mean how many things do we flip through before we stop and like something um that's all just being filtered like just garbage 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 but the problem is it's not it doesn't go anywhere it's actually in the mind um that and and so so i guess um where i would go with this is that um in so, okay so so i think this is worth 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 sharing then in 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 this context the in when when the first gurus started coming from the east to america one of them went by the name of chogyam trungpa and he was one of the first tibetan buddhists to translate the 84,000 teachings of the buddha into english and there were three they call them baskets of wisdom that came out of that and and the third basket um, contains what's called the abhidharma which is um an understanding of how how we interrelate with each other in a in a faculty of of how how conscious how are how our ability to um experience reality manifests through the brain ex uh, attaching to the the material world of the matrix is that um and my, my teacher said it like this Broop. let's try to wet my lips Broop. right in a fraction of a second form abstraction feelings perceptions and consciousness that in group in a fraction of a moment the physical brain perceive it it, it 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 attaches to form it see all these words like i i use one to describe the other it it experiences reality in form and then abstraction what does that form mean to the identity and then feelings about it perceptions about it and then consciousness and so if you do if you do this like you're picking up like i have I have something here picking up right so so do this with me like you're picking up staples off of the desk right and then hold them and you can feel the tension in your palm right and you can feel you can feel the the and the longer you hold this the more painful it's going to become and so um it became very popular you you can let go it, it became very popular um in buddhism that life is suffering and something that chogyam trungpa taught was that that this is like a mistranslation of the word dukkha and that dukkha meant cluttered space like this pinching is like this holding of cluttered space there's there's a tension there and that can be a type of suffering no doubt but when buddhists bookend their meditations with a with a prayer for the for the liberation of suffering for all beings the sukha what they're talking about is the spaciousness that's cluttered space should become spaciousness and and as you release that you can feel like oh how nice right so 
um, so what um, Chogyam Trungpa taught, one of the things that he taught was that these heaps, they, they, they call them heaps, they call, they're, they're the five skandhas. Um, uh, and, and that our mind freezes everything. Like this moment, not only is it on a recording, but you and I will be able to go off and we'll remember our own version. And we'll be able to recall that version. And it's like that that scene in the movie is like that film negative exists in the mind. And it doesn't go anywhere. And, and it's there. And it can be recalled. And it might be fuzzier than another. And, and, and like I said, flipping through things on social media, it might be super fuzzy. But you'll be, you can kind of recall like, oh, yeah, I flipped by this and that. It's frozen in the mind. And so if you go to the place inside your skull where you would say that the, the tension of your mind resides, you can kind of feel the, the weight of your brain and you can feel in there the, the tension, you can imagine it like a giant block of ice. And so as you sit here and, and turn inward, like how big is this block of ice? That is the ice that is frozen everything that you've ever experienced. And so meditation, uh, one, one mantra, that uh, a phrase that we repeat to um, to bring us into a meditative state, into a trance-like state, is ice into water. And so you can repeat that with me silently, silently to yourself: ice into water, ice into water. So you inhale ice, and you exhale into water and you can actually feel it dripping like moving downward towards your heart and so the wisdom center when it's overloaded there's this tension this big block of ice the heart's faculty as the compassion so the wisdom center receives data the compassion center processes it without it without attachment or judgment just loving it as it is. And so we melt ice into water, inhaling ice and exhaling into water. Ice into water. And so as that process is moving, it starts to fill up and overflow. And so the lower energy center, the creative center, the digestive organs, they're meant, as I was saying earlier, to release waste and to absorb nutrients. So whatever is coming in, right, here, 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 and here, that's stuck in the ice, melts into the water, is, uh, is loved with no judgment, and then it overflows and what's meant to stay is absorbed and what's meant to leave is released. And so we do ice. So you inhale into the brain, ice. And you exhale into water. And then you inhale into the heart, water. And exhale into the belly, into steam. Inhaling to the brain, ice. into water, 
water into steam. And we let this rejuvenating, refreshing steam fill up our bodies as that which we've experienced gets processed and integrated. And so normally I would do like a 15 minute ice into water, water into steam. But now that you know the mantra, you can go ahead and do it on your own and then you can set it on autopilot and it will, that process, and then you go check and like, and you can even check right now, like, is the ice less? Even incrementally so from before. And that's because it's biology at work. It's a, it's a natural function of being a human being that we need to process and we need to. So like all of that stuff, a lot of it's junk mail. So how do you empty the, how do you empty the trash bin by letting the heart process it and then letting the digestive system absorb and release that's a beautiful so, visual as well um, glad you like the whole cycle of you know different um states of water and how that connects and we are water so mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> it also makes sense there um thank you for that uh practice that um, it's like the visual really makes sense with how you breathe in and where you focus as well. Um, it like totally makes sense. So uh, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, did Absolutely. you want to go uh, share something as an ending, uh, like yeah. a movement or another practice? Yeah, yeah, I think that, um, you know, we've gone through all of this discussion. Uh, but one of my favorite teachers, Chidu Krishnamurti, uh, says that you must become a light to oneself. And in order to do that, it's like pistachio ice cream. I can describe it, but like, like what is that flavor? And until you've had it, it just, it, there's no going back. Once you have, then you know, and until you do, it's indescribable. So, um, you know, for everybody watching, and 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 I know that kind of got sidetracked with the ice into water, but it's just so awesome. I had to share it. Um, let's do, let's do a Qigong called the five elements. Um, I have, you know, I have videos that, that I, that I've released for people to practice on their own. This is one of the ones that, that I've actually released. So this is something that people will be able to, if, if, if this resonates with, with the, anybody watching, like there, there is a video that you can go to, um, at relaxwithadam.com in the video section. Um, and uh, this is called The Five Elements. It's a nice introduction to Qigong, cultivation of life force energy. Um, <sighs> so what we're going to do, let's start by rubbing the hands together. Actually, just, um, just for contrast, just uh, take a notice of how your hands feel right now. And so we're going to check in with that later. So rub the hands together. And then you're going to bring the palms in front of the belly button, in front of the navel, and then facing each other. And then down by about two or three inches. And you're going to just center your awareness between the palms. And when you do that, you'll feel your posture kind of sinks into your hips. And so just... Bring your feet so that they're about shoulder width apart and facing straight forward and parallel and tuck your tailbone just a little bit 
so that your tailbone's tucked, which will bring your chest up a little bit and you'll feel your spine gets activated. So just lift your rib cage out of your hips a little bit and then relax your shoulders. And then you'll feel like there's a string pulling the back of your skull up and just let your, let your body hang on that string, like clothes on a hang, like on a hanger. And just feel like if you rock into your, the balls of your feet, into your heels, like back and forth, you'll find this kind of equilibrium where your body's completely buoyant, like you're, like you're floating in water. Okay. And so the first element is water. The season is winter. The energy wants to descend. And the color is a bright sapphire blue emanating from your kidneys. And the movement is to inhale into the hips and up the body like this. And exhale at the temples out and down. So inhale in and up, and exhale out and down. And just repeat that at your own pace, trying to visualize like you're moving a ball of blue light, just allowing the color blue to cycle the descending water of the kidneys. And then bring the palms back to the original position in front of the navel and down by about two or three inches. And just center your awareness between your palms, noticing what you notice. And then bring your palms parallel to the ground so that they're flat and facing the earth as you allow the descending water energy of your kidneys to run its course. The second element is wood. The season is springtime. The energy wants to thrust upward. The color is a bright emerald green emanating from your liver, which is on the right-hand side below the rib cage. It's the filter of the body. So we visualize that we're scooping green energy up and then push it down the front of the body, the palms facing down, and then separating and pressing down along the hips and along the sides of the legs, and then scooping, lifting green energy up like you're putting on a cape, and then pushing it down the front 
and down the sides. And then continue at your own pace. Inhaling up, exhaling down. One more time. And then keep your palms facing the earth after this last time. And allow the upward thrusting energy of your liver to run its course throughout your body. And then center your awareness in the space between the earth and your palms as the blue sapphire light of your kidneys and the green emerald light of your liver bounce back and forth from the earth to your palms. The third element is fire. The season is early summer. The energy wants to expand. And the color is a bright ruby red emanating from your heart. So you're going to tuck your fingertips towards your heart as you round the back and the shoulders like this. And then you're going to exhale, pushing red ruby light out into the room at a 45 degree angle in front of you. Inhaling red ruby light in and exhaling, pushing red ruby light out. One more time. And then bring your palms back to the sides parallel to the earth. As you allow the expanding energy of your heart to run its course throughout your body.
and then center your awareness in the space between the palms and the earth. As the blue sapphire light, your kidneys, green emerald light of your liver, and the red ruby light of your heart bounce back and forth between your palms and the earth. Fourth element is earth. The color is a golden yellow topaz emanating from your spleen. The season is late summer and the energy wants to divide. So make a pyramid by placing the pointer and thumbs together, bringing that up over your forehead and looking straight up into the sky, lifting the rib cage out of the hips, inhaling down and in, and exhaling yellow light back up and out. And with each time trying to get even more of a stretch. And then the second part, keeping the hands up over the head, you're going to inhale and then twist on the exhale. So exhale to the left, looking straight up, and then inhale to center. Exhale to the right. Inhale center, exhale left. And with each time you're trying to twist even further from the bottom of your spine all the way to the top in the center of your brain. Inhale and exhale twist. Letting that golden yellow light wrap all the way around your spine like a corkscrew. The spleen is responsible for synthesizing all the food you eat into nutrients to be absorbed by the body. We want that to run all throughout, up and down the spine. You should be able to turn all the way around like an owl at some point. And then inhale back to center and exhale your palms back to the earth, allowing the golden yellow topaz light of your spleen to run its course throughout your body. And then centering your awareness in the space between the earth and your palms is the blue sapphire light of your kidneys and green emerald light of your liver and red ruby light of your heart and golden topaz light of your spleen bounce back and forth between your palms and the earth. The fifth element is metal. The season is autumn 
the color combines all of the previous colors into a sparkling rainbow white diamond light that emanates from your lungs. And the movement is to contract. So you'll bring your palms in front of the lungs about two to three inches apart, facing each other. And you're going to hinge at the elbows as you inhale out. And the palms stay straight up. And then exhale in with a sound as you clean the lungs. Inhale out. And then exhale in. And then on this last time, keep your palms together for the second part to nourish the lungs. You're going to inhale and exhale through the nose, making almost no sound if you can. And just let go of the hands just loosely, inhaling and exhaling. Letting that sparkling rainbow white diamond light purify the entire body. And you may even feel a bit of a pressure as you bring your palms back together. And then on this last time, just holding the palms in front of the lungs and just noticing the tingling sensation in the fingertips and the palms. And you can place one palm over the other and allow your heart to receive this energy. And then you can place the palms on your cheeks and the fingertips on your forehead and allow your brain to receive this healing energy.
and then with one palm over the other you can take all the energy that's left and bring it in there's a space if you find your navel about three fingers below if you there's a point where if you touch it there's a soft spot they say it's like a match lighting another match to illuminate a pathway into the garden where this pool of liquid light this elixir field is your lower dantian your creative center is the primary battery and you can just collect all this energy in and just let your let the way that you feel inside your body be like a battery status indicator as you feel yourself charging up and just let the light shine out of your eyes let your eyelids open and let this light shine out And that was the five elements. Um, thank you for practicing with me. And, and thank you for letting me share uh, all these things that I'm so passionate about and, and all my opinions and, and narratives and, <laughs> and perspectives on them. And, um, you know, this was, you know, the, it, was nice, it was nice to share with you. Uh, I think in the moment earlier, um, with that mantra, ice into water and water into steam, like that one's super, super powerful. It just like get that glacier down to an ice cube. And then it's like, and then, and then you walk into the next moment of your life and it's like clear, you know, like, yeah, so. thank you as well. And um, I, I really appreciate um, kind of you sharing these practices. Um, and I think they make so much sense. And they're like so understandable. So they're wonderful. And thank you for everything.